to claim. I don't feel sorry for Facebook as such, but they really are fighting on every front. Eh? They're getting getting done in on every front. They're fighting, fighting, fighting. And you've got to hand it to old Zuckerberg. He's actually made the right moves at the right time. So he went mobile when it was time to go mobile. He pivoted and did this, he pivoted and did that. And the company just keeps growing. So, you know, you can say what you like about him and you might not like their practices, you might not like their product, but they're doing a lot of things that other companies wish they could get right. Okay, and that's a good place to start the 46th episode of the Overclock podcast, O-V-R-C-L-K-D underscore Z-A. Thank you for joining us, as always. I'm very appreciative. And I'm joined, as always, by my, my friend. I'm Lindsay Shooters, their opinion guy on social media. Sharpshooters on social media as well. Their opinion guy.co.za is the website. Um, and I contribute to a lot of tech mags as well. Tech mags, specifically. Oh. And the <laughs> editor. You say tech mag? He's <laughs> <laughs> with me, as always. Kevin Dudley, how are you doing? Hello, I'm the editor of Tech Mag. I'm so glad it's given me a chance to introduce myself. Normally, <laughs> normally there's the praise singing, and I quite enjoy the praise singing. Uh, tech Magazine, coming to you monthly for the low fee of under 30 Rand, the biggest technology magazine in the country. Yes, yes, yes. By, yeah, most of them are subscribers, apparently. In fact, almost, yeah, I'd say 95, 99% of them are subscribers. You could be too, and that way you wouldn't miss out on any of the goodness. So, um, Gavin, we finally had... While I pour my tea, mm. so I can sip on it while you actually. Uh, by the way, I was going to say we don't have to be so grateful to the listeners. We'll be more grateful if you tell your friends. Yes. I'm assuming you'll only tell your friends because you got something out of it, and you'd like them to get something out of it too. Mm. As always, we come to you in three segments. We try and keep it as brief as possible. Sometimes five minutes. Sometimes it goes a bit long. We went very long last week. Sorry about yeah, that. But we had a lot of get. We had a lot of ground to cover. A couple of devices came out where we just need to get things off our chest. Um, let's start with the first section, which is our news update. And Facebook just got a $5 billion fine. $5 billion. What I mean, was they fined for, Gavin? Think about that in South African terms. Um, well, you know, arguably they weren't fined for something specific. They were actually fined for something specific. But actually, this is just the build-up of bad faith between the government and Facebook and them looking to rein in some of these big tech companies. That reining in is going on at pace in Europe, where Europe has kind of woken up and are basically turning all these American giants, tech giants, into uh, what you would call the pariahs. But in the U.S., pariahs are a bit strong. Ooh, I don't know. It's heading that way, especially in France, where they. Why do you have a black mark on your fingernail? My dog bit me. Oh, I was going to say, have you been second voting or something? You know, sometimes <laughs> when, when you tease, the, I was teasing the dog, I have a silent cattle yes. dog, and I was teasing him with a ball where you kind of like throw it, but you flick it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he came for it the I, one time. I don't like teasing animals, man. Hey? They, don't, they don't know it's a game when you tease them. No, but or they you, get carried away. You, you tease them so that when they do step out of line, you tell them that they're stepping out of line, I and see. then they don't do it again. Okay. <laughs> you might as well watch that cable. It looks like it's going to press a yes, key in I'm a minute. I'm so sorry. Right. So, so Facebook. Um, Facebook fined five billion US dollars. Um, basically for not looking after the user's data. But if you think about it, there have been now so many incidents, probably nearly a dozen Facebook incidents of not looking after the user's data, or for making a whack load of money from giving away the user's data in the case of Cambridge Analytica. So I think the US government just got fed up and decided they would have to set some kind of precedent, draw a line in the sand. The problem with this is that 
Facebook saw this coming a year ago and already priced that in. So Facebook already earmarked 3 billion rand as a possible fine a long time ago. So now the 5 billion rand fine comes out and the market rejoices. And it's like, oh, good thing they priced that in a year ago. Now the stock price just went up. I mean, if you can believe that. What company gets fined $5 billion but and I, the stock I, price I, goes I, up? I'm, I'm, I'm happy that our fines are now reaching into the billion dollars or at least the fines yeah, I mean, are reaching the, into the, the billions of dollars. The biggest fine before that, I think, was a hundred million or a hundred yeah. and something million Which is dollars like a slap handed, to, so handed this, this to is effectively Google, a slap on the wrist. Yeah. If it had to go up via extra zero, so if it had to be like fifty billion dollars, then suddenly it becomes dumping, real. Yeah. You're dumping into cash reserves. The company needs yes. to take on debt to to kind of service yeah. that sort of fine, and then you start. Then, then Mark Zuckerberg, who has overall power in that company, yes, like he, has, he, can he, has, he still has complete everything. control of yeah. the company, despite what shares may have been given out to whoever. He has complete control. Then, yeah. then the shareholders start looking at him and saying, "Dude, you and your policies are starting to cost yeah. us actual money." And then he's on shaky ground, which I think okay. we need to bring him into line. With. Okay, but let's put it in context. Okay, for all Facebook's missteps, for all the people you know have claimed they're leaving Facebook, for all the trouble they've gotten into, these people are still pulling in 15 billion dollars a quarter yes 15 billion dollars per quarter so getting fined 5 billion rand that you priced in like way back is really a slap on the wrist in the yes yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying and I think 15 is probably but, much but, more but I'm happy like even like a country like France France is now doing tabling taxes on the big tech companies where they're taking 3% of the revenue yep because they, I mean these guys are profiting on our data like that's literally what yeah doing. I think I think that's what's getting under France's skin well in the first place you know the French identity is like a how do we describe it they're very proud of their national identity and they're very defensive of things that encroach on their national yes. identity this also not shy of a bit of violence yeah <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more violence wouldn't be bad. Let's guillotine the buggers. Um, wow. But, uh, um, um, so France is levy, uh, levying these 3% taxes on... Uh, they set a threshold that basically means it's really just Google and Facebook and Uber and these people who are pulling in yeah. those kind of digital revenues. And so they make the threshold. And so really it's a tax on huge American digital companies. Um, and uh, it, it looks punitive, but actually, again, if you look at the kind of revenues that people like Google make out of a product like Google Maps, which utilizes the infrastructure of the country to work and so on yeah. and so on, that gives nothing back to the country. This is France's way of basically taking back. I am fully you know? supportive of that. Let me tell you what I'm not fully supportive mm. of, Gavin. T's and C's on our devices. Because okay. my Galaxy S10, <laughs> mm. which I like to mention. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, you snuck in the Galaxy S10. <laughs> Listeners, I know you're bored of the Galaxy S10, but here it comes again. It's yeah. the most rounded device on the market. I yeah, okay, I can't even really dispute okay, that but anymore. So yeah. I send it in. It has this moisture detector in charging port, warning message, persistent. Mm. I can't charge a thing. I can't stick anything into the USB Type-C port. Mm. And it screams at me with all sorts of alarms mm. and stuff. And it's a known issue. It's a failure yeah. well, on... Remember, there, there was a time where in order to waterproof the devices, there were little caps here to push over the little plugs in the phone, like the headphone jack yeah. and the charging port. But then they found a way to waterproof those, so you didn't have to put little caps yeah. over them. But this is like a, but a software bug. Yeah, this but every now and then something comes up. You think it's software? It is, it is mm. software. It's a known, it's a known failure. Yeah, 
because so it's come up with probably like a loose connection uh, or something. Okay. There's been three other journalists that I know of who mm. received review devices. So there's a, there's a sensor that's malfunctioning, yeah. basically. Mm. So I send it in, and obviously because I received this thing for free from Samsung at the launch, I don't have proof of payment, mm. so there's a bit of like warranty mm. issues because they need proof of payment. And I get in contact with Samsung to get a letter to say that they gave it to me. And I, so WeFix is the official repairer right. for Samsung. They send off to WeFix and I negotiate, like dealing directly with WeFix, and I tell them my whole story. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, cool, that is fine, we accept that. Mm. But any physical or liquid damage voids your warranty, so you are liable for the repair. And then they send me three pictures mm. of three scuff marks mm. on the frame of the device. And they say, this is signs of obvious impact. So your device warranty is voided. So 7,000 Rand, because Samsung have now soldered on the S10s, they soldered the port directly to the mainboard. So it's a mainboard replacement. It's not like a modular port, so it's a 7,000 Rand bowl. I mean, that's barely worth it. I mean, yeah. I can't see you paying 7,000 No, 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 I'm not. Phone, but right. yeah, my warranty was okay. effectively voided. And I mean, I, so I phoned the guys and I told them, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, this phone has taken a tumble, but it's been yeah. in a case since day one. Yeah. There's no glass breakage, nothing. Yeah. It just, yeah. It's literally yeah. three scuffs on the frame of the device. I mean, the my, metal my concern here is that it appears to be more or less at their discretion yes. what represents to them uh, significant enough damage to void the warranty. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that that leaves a huge amount of room for interpretation and they in turn are going to be res- responsible to Samsung for doing the repairs and obviously it's in Samsung's interest to raise the bar really high for who who, yeah. who justifies the repair so yeah. all down the line you're getting screwed yeah, yeah. but anyway okay. I'm, I'm not too harsh about it I mean the phone has taken a couple of tumbles um, and you've only mentioned it on every podcast for the last dozen or so um, you'd think Samsung <laughs> would be throwing another model at you right away um, would I still recommend the Galaxy S10 yes it is still the most well-rounded device yours was, yours was in a cover it was one of your daily drivers yeah. right it yeah. was in a cover but you know it, 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 take, it takes it takes wear and tear yeah. yes hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're getting one, just remember to file your proof of payment somewhere, right. proof of purchase somewhere, and where even you that's can not find a guarantee. It it's not a guarantee you're going to get it. It helps. Yeah. It helps. And then just slap a case on it and treat it like like you would treat a little newborn baby. Okay. So so to <laughs> summarize, your charging port malfunctioned. It reported it was getting moisture, but you believe that's a software bug or yes. a sensor so in the, the system somewhere that is malfunctioning. And you sent it away to the authorized repair people with a letter explaining how you acquired it. So I sent they it to sent a Samsung store. Yes. And they sent they it, sent it on to the repair agent. They come back to you with pictures showing the wear and tear on your phone and maintain that on that basis the warranty will be void. Yes. Even though you had it in the case pretty much from the beginning. Yes. Okay, I think you've got a terrible deal out of this. Uh, that's uh, At new, that phone would have been about 12 or so? No, 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 uh, no, how sir. Much? How much? Um, the, the, Gal- e. the S10 Plus is up at 20,000 yeah, okay. mm. the S10 is like 18,500 oh, and the S10e is like 16.5 okay right? so the SDR was that was the baby at new it was a 16 grand so, so phone these, these, are, these are expensive yeah, yeah, but yeah. luckily as I said last week mm. LG sent um, the G8S think mm. you on review okay. 11,500 rand for a Snapdragon 855 mm. 6 gigs of RAM 128 gigs of internal storage proper flagship device so why aren't we recording on it uh, we are still recording on the G7 thank you yes last um, year's model which <laughs> was a great phone yes yeah um, because I'm running it Putting it through the ringer, maybe we'll record it next Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but okay. I don't feel like there's little weird things with their permissions on the, on the USB Type-C port mm. sometimes. No. So, like, HDMI out was a problem. 
it's now become a problem again on the G7 after I got the last security mm. patch. Um, and yeah, they, they, they do like weird things. Do you want to talk a little bit about security? It's like an issue for you in a way that it's just not for me. Um, I mean, yeah. uh, permissions, permissions. Permissions, permissions. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next segment okay. <laughs> of this device, which is the how-to. So you might know that there was a little app called Face App. So you've, you've seen on your social media feeds people posting pictures of them being aged like a good couple of years like via okay. this app called Face App. Okay, I've been living under a rock, okay? This was, it's not a revelation to me, but I didn't <laughs> realize this app had like a hundred million downloads of people uploading pictures of themselves and then applying these funny filters that change your appearance. So this is the but second it's very clever, time. I have to so say. So Face App launched in February 2017 and then it went viral for very much the same sort of stuff. And people had security issues then, but I mean the the virility didn't last that long. Okay. So it comes around again, and so it's a Russian developer who has put this app out. So what it does is you take a picture and it uploads it to its server so it can do its AI processing on it, mm. and then it will age you. And it's quite realistic, and it's quite. Oh, it can also make you younger. By the way. It make you younger. Mm. It can give you a beard. It can yes. change your hair color. Like yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. That but it, I mean, it, it's not like cartoon. It's like it's actually pseudo-realistic. So the moment, the moment it comes out, I download it, and obviously to jump on the bandwagon, and I see a lot of like US press about okay. security issues and mm. the terms and conditions where they can use, like you give up all your rights to your images. Right. And the concern is you are willingly uploading photos of yourself yes. into this system. So I check it out, and I go into my, I download the app, and I go immediately go into the app permissions to see what it's actually mm. harvesting. And it it wants the camera, obviously, because you can take a yes. picture of it within the app. Yes. And then it wants access to your gallery or your storage. Mm. So I take off the storage thing because it doesn't need to do mm. that. I'm just the one going to okay. process. Okay. I don't want to process existing images. I want right. to take ones. pictures within yeah. the app just to keep my, my yes. security kind of intact. Yes. If you wanted to use an existing image of yourself, you would yeah. have to give it access to Because what happens gallery. is a lot of these companies, they take your images and you give up all your rights to it and then you end up on a billboard in freaking Tajikistan. <laughs> <laughs> selling hemorrhoid <laughs> cream. <laughs> I think I've got a face for hemorrhoid cream, definitely. The deep discontent, the anxiety, the uh, inner the pain in the eyes. What's her name? Nafisa, uh, the big Czech really? journalist. Her sister mm. pitched up on a billboard on the side of a bus in like London or something, selling toothpaste. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Okay. Alright, so sorry, back to FaceApp, right? Um, and yeah, this got me thinking, so FaceApp is pretty much fine. It does all of its processing on uh, Amazon Web Services client, so like on local Amazon servers, mm. wherever you are in the world. Um, which is standard practice for okay. everybody. But haven't they had like another kerfuffle now lately? No, it's no. just because they're Russian, pretty much. Okay, so, so they've relaunched how recently? Like weeks, days, Yeah, months? it's been about a month now. Okay, it's, it's all right. Been, it's been, Sounds it's been about rolling. right, yeah, okay. But a lot of like, obviously US, the US guys, they very sensitive Super paranoid, yeah. about the Russians. Of course, <laughs> trying to upload all those it. pictures <laughs> to Google Photos and to Facebook, but heaven forbid you should give it to a Russian app. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a lot of smart people have done a lot of testing, and they're doing what it says on the box so it takes the picture and it uses that picture and mm. it sends that picture that you selected to the cloud so it can do its processing because it has to so it's fine so that got me thinking around um, a lot of like app the permissions things, app permissions and just securing yourself that way mm. so if you go into an Android phone a modern Android phone I think it was like from Android 8 where you could long press on an app icon and it will give you little options options fly out yeah um, so you go into app 
the app info or a little eye on yes. Samsung so, so, devices. So just to recap, you're going to long press on the icon yes. and, and it opens up a little fly out menu and then yes. you go to info. Then you go to like information, that, yeah. app information right. or it's just a little eye in a circle. Right. And then that takes you to the information page about the app. Uh, so there right. you can like force close it, you can disable it, you yes. can uninstall delete it, it even, you can yeah. uninstall it. Yeah. Um, and if you go down, there's a dialog box called permissions. And you click on that and it shows you all Everything the that app is using yeah. in the background. Right. So well, if you feel uneasy yeah. with some things like FaceApp, for instance, wants yeah. to access your phone calls. Yes. Like you just say, uh, no. how about no? Right. And the app should work fine. Right. <laughs> Um, with, without okay. those permissions. So you just triage so your apps and you so go So you're saying them. that from Android 8 onwards, you can set permissions per app by simply long pressing yes. on the and icon. And when you install right. apps and you start using it, it should yeah. bring up dialog boxes to give it permission to various things as well. Yes, yeah, so, so two things I'd like to add. In the first place, when you download the app, it's supposed to ask for some permissions. It asks for some, it sort of glosses over others. Most people just breeze right through that section of the download process because they're in a hurry to get the app. They don't check what yeah. it's connecting to, etc. So that's the first problem. I think Android has been trying to clamp down on that. It's most aggressive move, however, against rogue permission seeking is what I shall call it, is in the next version of Android where they have now got really uptight about things um, taking advantage of background information in your phone, apps that really don't need access to this service and that service and your location and your camera and your address book and they are now much more stringent when apps get delivered into the Google Play Store. They check all those things in a much more concentrated way than before because they realize that they are opening all their users to security breaches yeah. and things like that through a lack of vigilance on their part. So, Android 10, yes. which Android doesn't have Q. a name yet, it's the letter Q, will be much more uptight about those things. It's great that they're filtering out at the level where the app comes into the App Store, but also they're going to give you much more granular control of what your apps are using in the background. So if you're taking pictures of something, it might tell you, this is tracking your location at the same time, and you can then have an option to turn it off. But it's important because we've all become very blasé about the permissions around our apps. And FaceApp just highlighted yeah. how many different uh, you know levels of access you can give to an app. Yeah, Yeah. so the other thing is in iOS, um, mm. you have to go through the settings menu and you scroll all the way down to the app that you want. So there's like your general settings and all that stuff, and then at the bottom of mm. that list, it's all your apps yeah. and then you click on that and then in there it will also show you like what permissions the app has and like iOS 13 I'm on the beta right now the public betas that is getting very granular and every time I switch the phone on it tells me something about Google Maps that access the location <laughs> in the background and whether I want to keep doing that. And you so just keep going, yeah, sure, I, take I, my data, take my data. I, I like that approach because it keeps you mindful of yes, what's yes, happening yes, on your phone. Yes, yes. Cause the, the biggest problem is like iOS, I think, I think the, the conversion is an Android phone sends something stupid like 15 times more yep, data yep, yep. off of it. Yep. It's outrageous. Than, than the iOS devices. Because Apple believes that privacy is a human right and they have this well, whole. Well, I, I just get carried yeah, away. They, I think they, they have their whole spiel about Yes, about they, they would like to keep your data exclusively yeah. for themselves. They don't want to share it with third parties. They've got yeah. plans for you. So <laughs> there's, there's the bottom line is there's a ton of data, personal data, that's going off to servers all over the world. Yep all these different apps and services that you signed up with and to be mindful of what's going on and what's being sent out yeah. is always a good thing. Now the problem here is that sometimes you are not putting, you're not connecting up the dots between why all this data is going off 
and how your life and yeah. lifestyle has actually been shaped. You think you're making decisions. You're not. You're being marketed to in a million different ways. Your decision making has been shaped. Your movements are being shaped by the amount of data you're giving up to public yeah. services like Facebook and Google and others. So let's not be naive about it. Let's not be catastrophic about yeah. it either. Let's not catastrophize the situation. But let's be aware that if you're getting stuff for free, you are the product. Exactly. So whether that app was free, whether the service was free, you are the product. And understand that it's a trade-off. You're giving up data, you're getting something in exchange. Just be sure you understand That's how it works. That's a neat little segue to actually talking about products that you can buy right now. You know, take a lot, check treasure for the which is about security, but not your personal device security. It's more home security. So outdoor, indoor or outdoor security cameras that are connected to the internet that you can probably pick up from anywhere in the world to see what's going on in and around your house. We, we know you can't afford any new tech, especially not at the end of the month, right? So here's how you can look after the tech you've already got with a bit of improved home security. So the, the big trend in these cameras that you can stick up around your property is that many of them are completely wireless now. You can get them with batteries. Some of them quite last quite a while, and they're, wi they're Wi-Fi connected into your router. So um, you can have a completely cordless camera, which means you can just uh, um, screw it up anywhere on your premises, and it will just function with its battery and with a Wi-Fi connection. I, however, have not had great experiences with those. In the first place, some of them you put up in inaccessible locations. Now you have to figure out how to change the battery. The Wi-Fi signal goes up and down all the time. Often you want to put that camera in a fairly remote location and that makes the Wi-Fi signal very weak. So, I have chosen the Yi bullet-style camera. Bullet-style camera are those little short tubes, they look like deodorant cans that actually have a camera inside. It's a tubular shape and the camera is pointing out the front. It's called a bullet camera. The Yi bullet camera, Yi is spelt Y-I. I've had good experiences with this brand. I've used a couple of the other cameras, tested them out. The Yi bullet 112. Oh, sorry, 110 outdoor camera is 1590 rod. It uh, does full 1080p video and it's weatherproof, which is important. So it's rated for IP. Where's the IP rating on this thing? I think it I think was 65. 65, which means it's not waterproof like you'd immerse it in a bath of water, but it's completely weatherproof, which is really what you want for an outdoor camera. It has night vision, which then scales down to a black and white image and is much more sensitive and can track uh, things moving in the dark. It usually has motion sensors on the front so the camera activates when it detects things in the dark. Um, it can also connect with your Wi-Fi network, but I would recommend you try and cable it if you can. You have to run a cable to it anyway because it's not battery powered, so you'd have to have power to it too. It has a two-way mic and speaker system, which means that you can hear what's going on around the camera, and you can shout out commands to absolutely terrify that would-be burglar when this voice emerges from the wall next to him. Okay, so there's two-way audio, IP65 weatherproof rating, it's Wi-Fi enabled, although I would recommend a cabled connection, um, and you can add it to a network of other devices, that's the YI-E bullet camera, the 1110 model, for indoors or outdoors. And the price is 1,590 Rand. I've had good experience with the cameras in the past. Okay, um, so I'm going to go large. Oof. Double your oof, price. Oof. I'm just going to say it up front. 
because you know me and my privilege but I also like things that work and can work with various different platforms sure. that I'm already using sure. um, so the Logitech Circle 2 mm. wireless indoor or wire free indoor and outdoor security camera 3999 oh my goodness right now um, so that's also 1080p uh, light sensitivity down to zero lux 180 degree viewing angle you can only set it like there's a, it comes in a magnet there's a magnetic stand Oh, so, so you can like remove it using onto the yeah. stand magnetically, yeah. Yeah, and this one also connects via Wi-Fi, and there's a excellent mobile app that I've used before, not in Circle Two, in Circle One. Circle Two brings in integrated speakers and microphones, mm. so you can communicate mm. with the two-way audio. Yeah, yeah two-way audio. Um, there's IR illumination up to 4.5 meters from it, so it's good for like the front of your house or something mm-hmm. where where there's if you maybe live in a in a complex, yeah. yeah, and you have like a small garden in front. Yeah, I mean, for se- in security terms, you actually want to know before people breach yes. your perimeter. So if you've got something that's pointing out from the yeah, front, that's a good got, way to go. It's got motion detection as well, mm. but importantly, it works very well with Google Home or Google Assistant mm. and with Apple Home. Oh, Kit. that's interesting. Yeah, so okay. if you have a Chromecast on your TV mm. and maybe a Google Home speaker, you can tell your Google Home to show the display, like display what the camera's seeing on right. your TV. If you are the kind of person who has the kind of privileges that Lindsay has mentioned, you probably have an armed security guard marching around your premises at all times. It's probably cheaper <laughs> than getting a Logitech but Circle 2. Yeah, Logitech yeah. Circle 2. And okay. for the same reason, like my other one is the Ring doorbell, doorbell smart mm. doorbell 2, or version 2. Um, that one's also going for... Just tell us about that. Did you buy that in South Africa or uh, outside? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. you can buy that in South Africa. You can buy it through Macro. These guys shook up the market a bit. Tell us yeah. about Ring. Uh, Ring is owned by Amazon now. Mm. So their whole big claim, claim to fame was Amazon used their smart doorbells to... Kind monitor of deliveries. Not, not monitor deliveries. So they have Amazon in the States for Prime members. They have like in-home delivery. Yeah. So, like an Amazon person will come up to your house, mm. and if they have authorization to, they yeah. have like they a can code. go into your premises. They can and go put into, the box down. Yeah, put the box down yeah. and come out again and lock your door. Yeah. Okay, so how Ring works? It's actually a door lock system that has a camera built in, so it can actually see and recognize who's arrived at the door and automatically unlock the door. So in that way, you could authorize an Amazon delivery man to come in and securely deliver your parcel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So or you could also let in family members or housekeepers or pool man or whoever else. You could authorize the door lock to unlock for people from wherever you were in the world. Mm. Yeah, so the, the doorbell, the video doorbell is just a video doorbell, so it has effectively a button that it presses that mm. can sound a chime and then the video feed will come on. It has motion detection as well and mm. you can access it. It connects to your Wi-Fi so you can access it uh, through that, you can remove it easily from its stand. Yeah. And the app is compatible with iOS, Android, Mac, and okay. Windows devices. Okay, so here's a side thing. If you want to in- keep yourself entertained for half an hour or an hour or a whole day, why don't you go and look up ring doorbell videos that you'll find on YouTube? This is where the cameras inside people's door locks are just pointing to the street and you see the most insane things going on in people's street especially around Halloween or around public holidays you'll see graffiti artists and you know all sorts of weirdos in the street in America (laughs) all just filmed on people's random doorbells it's very cool alright I want to throw in one last thing I I don't want you to make a face promise me you're not going to make a face I won't make a face okay right there's a (laughs) 
<laughs> There's a whole separate trade in fake security cameras. These are basically the shells of a security camera. It doesn't actually have a camera sensor inside it. You put it up outside your house and people assume you have a security camera pointing down at your door. It's like a deterrent. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend you go with this as your security system, but maybe you could uh, beef up your security system with a couple of fake cams. So you use one or two cams, he's making the face. You now he's making the face. Making I'm the sorry, face. I couldn't hold it anymore. <laughs> okay, well for people who can't afford three of Lindsay's Logitech cams, you can buy one of my Yi security cams, and then you can buy three fake security cams from Swan, and there are various others. The Swan imitation security camera costs a mere 200 rand. 200 rand for a fake security camera. Well, wow. I admit that's a bit much. I'm sure it's weatherproof and made of yeah. really <laughs> tough plastic. <laughs> but you can put these up just to deter people in places where you maybe can't easily fit a camera or something yeah, like that. And they, you know, put it within arm's reach so that you can rip it off the wall and <laughs> fling it at somebody. <laughs> Okay, well, there's just that if you want to, you know, intimidate people. Maybe you want to have your house bristling with cameras. Use a couple of fakes to... Yeah. Three fakes to every one reel is what I recommend as a ratio. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm cool. done, I'm done. You're done, you're done. Done with that segment, and I think we need to wrap it up. Gavin, while the guys are on YouTube watching the Ring Doorbell video, <laughs> you can go to my YouTube channel called <laughs> That Opinion Guy, um, and you'll find the LG G8S. Thank you, first impressions type review sort mm. of video, mm. which I'm pretty proud of. Uh, shot that yeah yesterday, editing it out right now. Uh, that will be up for you. And you can go to my website, thatopinionguy.co.za, where you can listen to this podcast. Mm. Um, in the sidebar, you can see my YouTube activity in that sidebar as well, and read up my musings and misings about the world, technology, how it affects you, sure. and how it affects South Africa. Sure. Uh, we'll also have a review of the new LG G8 phone in the upcoming edition of Tech Magazine. But what I'd like you to look out for is a special story we've got about military tech and how military tech is advancing. We don't like to promote uh, gratuitous violence, but we are very interested in the kind of technology that comes out of the military and eventually finds its way down into household products. So we're looking at the most advanced military tech available, both in machines, in jets, and also in... Uh, Donald Trump's space force. That's his phase, his, his potential uh, space army he'd yeah. like to build, which no one's ever going to sign off on. We've got that. We've also got a review um, of the new TV brand in South Africa, which is called Skyworth. Ah. And we've finally got a demo unit from Skyworth. We have a lot of faith that these products are going to turn out to be something great. They're really competitively priced. So they're manufacturing in the old Sinotech Sino yeah. factory. That's right, yeah. So this is the, the new best budget TV brand in South Africa. We're going to be reviewing our first model and we're really looking forward to that. Do look out for that in the next issue of Tech Magazine. And just a final note, shout out to Apollo 11. The Eagle landed 50 years ago right, on the week. 20th of July. Oh, last week, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, that was an amazing achievement for the human race and it's, it's brought us joy in many ways. The year of my birth. The year of my birth. I was going to some idea who you're dealing with here. I was going to ask you where you were. Didn't want to out you like that. I was a couple of months old at the time. I wasn't even a sparkle in my mother's eyes. 69, man. Everything. The best things happened in 69. Everything since then has just been a rehash. Yeah, pretty about pretty about Kennedy, eh? Yeah, Kennedy was also Woodstock, eh? Woodstock. All right, we're out. Cool.